Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're glad to have you from wherever you're listening or downloading. Uh, we really appreciate you being a part of our ministry, studying along with us, and we love to share truth. We're going into part two of Paul teaching on the true picture of grace, and that came from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. And uh, so we're going to have a word of prayer, and then um, we are going to uh, get into... Uh, what the scripture is talking to us about. We will begin today from uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3 uh, and verse 10 whenever we begin to teach the word of God today. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I pray that you would open our eyes that we could see and our ears that we could hear and our heart that we could understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Holy Spirit, as you hear from Jesus, speak to us, reveal it to us. We will receive that revelation and we will release it to your people. We thank you and we bless you. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. So we're coming today from Second Timothy chapter two, verse one. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's our foundation text. We're beginning today with the scripture that comes out of Philippians chapter three and verse ten. Here's what it says: <coughs> Excuse me, that I may know Him the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now, we've talked about grace being a spirit, just as the spirit of truth that the Holy Spirit works from. We have talked about the influence of the cross, the tomb, and now we're in the middle of the influence of the resurrection. So he says that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Five things. That I may know him. That I may understand him and what he has done in this phase, in this plateau of his ministry that is produced to and for man. Number two, and the power. What was the power of the resurrection? Well, it was the paralyzing of hell with light. It was the presence of the Holy Spirit to hold down hell at the command of the Father. It was the capturing of death and hell. It was the ministry to those who were held captive. It was the garnering of those held captive to be returned to their heavenly home. It was the journey out of hell with the spoiled goods of the enemy. It was the forever impact of life and resurrection that would go from that moment on all the way up until 
eternity begins. What an impact of power. Now the resurrection is part three. This is the coming alive that occurred in Jesus Christ. It was the victoriously anointed one who took on the power of the name Christ. It was the clothing change that was given to him. It becomes the life activity that Paul defined as the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus in Romans 8, 1 and 2. In other words, he, Jesus Christ, is alive internally. His spirit man, which was preserved in the tomb, has been newly clothed and is walking again among men. This victoriously anointed Christ has provided the power of his anointing to us. Paul is saying so in this verse. He says, I want to know him in the power of what he did and the power of the new life of which he obtained. For the fellowship of his sufferings. This is the suffering of crucifying that I go through with him. It is the suffering of dying to my flesh and burying my flesh. Five, where does the resurrection power Paul desires to know begin? Now watch this. It begins when he was made conformable unto his death. Now what does conformable mean? It means that he was assimilated and made like death. Now, when I'm talking about he, I'm talking about me and you or Paul in this case. Paul is talking about that he, Paul, was made conformable unto his death. And conformable means that he was made to be like or to have assimilated to his death. So Paul identified the methods of how he would be conformable to that death and know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. His sufferings of the cross, his sufferings as uh, the burial of the flesh in the tomb, and then the power of that resurrection when Jesus came alive again. He said, if I'm going to get to the power of the resurrection and know him, then I'm going to have to go through the cross, I'm going to have to go through the tomb, and I'm going to have to experience the new life of the resurrection. So there it is, my friends. Paul is very clear. We are to live in the purpose of his resurrection. But we will not obtain the power of the resurrection. Glory, think about it now. Watch it now. We will not obtain the power of his resurrection unless and until we become conformable unto his death. Crucified and buried. Then we can know him in the power of his resurrection. Think about what I'm saying to you. Paul is telling us the clear path to life. 
It did not remain at the cross. It could not. It had to go into the burial of the tomb. The fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. What do you do when you die? You are buried. Verse 11, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, my desire is to make sure that I am alive on the inside. Paul said, I by all means need to attain unto the power of the resurrection of the dead that is the born again alive spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Not as though I'd already attained, either already perfect, but I follow after it that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I, Paul said, follow after him. I walk the steps that he walked. I am not perfect. Paul said, but I live that I may apprehend Look at this. That I may seize, possess, attain, and comprehend what it is he expects of me. I follow after him because that is what he has seized, possessed, attained, and comprehended that I was being done in the process of Christ, that's what he came to do. He came to apprehend me so that I could be crucified, so that I could die, and so that I could be resurrected in new life and made alive in him. I am apprehended now. I am seized, possessed, attained, and made to comprehend what? Ah, that there is a victoriously anointed Christ Jesus and that I am supposed to be like him. That is the purpose, my friend, of what Paul is teaching about the resurrection. Now notice, all of this came out of the true picture of Christ. Listen to the scripture. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He has given us the spirit of grace for us to tread the journey and walk the path of which he has gone so that when we get to this point, we can be resurrected in the new life, the alive life that's in Christ Jesus, and walk in the anointing that is the victoriously anointed Christ. How did he get victoriously anointed? He came out of hell, the victor, with the keys of death and hell. The resurrection, my friend, has ultra, ultra importance to the believer. I have been brought to him because of his favor upon me. I have been shown why his spirit drew my spirit to him. It is for me to follow him. As I follow, I will live. It is for the purpose of life that I have been seized 
by Christ Jesus. That life is now engulfed in his victorious anointing. Because I place my faith in him, my faith is by him, he got his faith of God, so now I am living in the victoriously anointed life and faith of Christ Jesus, my God. In that life are all of the benefits now that come from his anointing. Not one thing is left out. The resurrection provides us a power that Paul said in Ephesians 3.20 is a power that worketh in us. That power was not in sin, nor was it in the flesh. If it were, they would have continued to be the emphasis of life. But my friend, they are not. They are not anywhere near the emphasis that God desires to place in the new life of mankind. They are not to be considered even as influences. Why? Because there is a new power structure. If you are living under the influence of sin and the flesh, then you're living under the law of sin and death. You have never come under the new law. Life and peace are the dynamic of the new law. This new law operates in a brand new anointing. This anointing controls both sin and the flesh. It is for this life of anointing that you and I have been apprehended. We've been seized and brought to be able to comprehend that that's the purpose for which we are in Christ. And the spirit of grace and the spirit of truth and the spirit of Christ operates in us. If we operate anywhere short of this anointing, we have not followed in his footsteps. We have not had the fellowship of his sufferings or been conformed to his death. Friend, this is the anointing that makes you more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. You must conform to it. It is not meant to conform to you. It is not meant to conform to you. That's what you need to understand. Those that are teaching you, you can live however you want in grace and everything Jesus did is, is all taken care of. Grace, the spirit of grace, Jesus Christ was never meant to conform to you. You were meant by the spirit of grace and the spirit of truth and the Spirit of Christ to be made by the force of the new life to conform to Him. Then there is the last thing. And that's the work that Jesus has done that we also are called to do. He has become the high priest of our confession. In doing so, He served as the high priest over His own sacrifice. He leaves the scene of his encounter at the tomb with Mary and returns to the tabernacle in heaven that is made without hands. There he sprinkles the blood on the vessels of ministry and in so doing blots out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. We're now legally free from the slavery and bondage of sin and death. Oh, if man could understand. 
the very thing that we are all up in arms with today concerning the bondage and slavery of human to human. We are more deeply invested in the bondage of slavery and slavery of sin than we ever were to the bondage and slavery of one human by another. And our actions declare it. But we refuse to see the genesis of slavery is not a black man, a white man, an Indian man, a red man. The genesis of slavery is Satan, the man of sin. And the answer to, to slavery is the spirit of grace that is Christ Jesus. Our role in this is that by believing on him we become a member of the royal priesthood. Why is that important? Because now being placed under the blood of Jesus Christ, his works to this point have determined in us that we're forgiven at the cross, dead to the flesh in the tomb, alive to his anointing from the resurrection. Now heaven bears witness of the process that man will walk through to ensure that he is manufactured correctly. So why the sprinkling of blood until we are called brethren of Christ? Hebrews chapter 2, 11 and 12. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are one. Huh. Well, how did they become one? Because the Spirit of grace sanctified us. For which cause he, the Spirit of grace, is not ashamed to call them brethren. The works of which we followed him sanctifies us. If one does not follow him in the works or steps that we have outlined from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection and now into the tabernacle made without hands where we become priests, there is no mechanism by which we can be sanctified. Brotherhood depends upon the process, my friend. Sanctification, separation, depends upon the process. What this blood sprinkling does is that it opens the door for the greater works because once this is comprehended, the next step or plateau is to go into the place where Jesus Christ is Lord. And when he is returned to the Godhead bodily, there he is seated to give you the promise, the Holy Spirit. This is the beauty of sanctification. It reveals the things, now watch, that I have not seen nor earth heard. So does the blood work for those who enter at the cross? Yes. The blood works for the purpose of which it was released at the cross. Huh. One can be saved by the blood released at the cross. One will not die there, however. If one remains there, he will not be free from the issues of the flesh. He will struggle with the flesh, and here's the sad part, and may lose his life and himself to the power of the flesh. How does that occur? Well, 
Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27 said, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. 1 John 5, 16, If any man see his brother in a sin, sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pray for it. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine through 32 For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that he, we should not be condemned with the world. Wickedness, my friend, will shorten the days of man. What is wickedness? It's iniquity and lawlessness. A man who accepts Jesus Christ and his work on the cross and continues to live a lawless life, a wicked life, is in danger of a shortened life. Why? Because the goal of the cross is the saving of man. If man is living so that what was done for him at the cross is not an operation. The enemy of your soul will catch that person up in his wicked moments and seize upon him as a lion waiting to devour. Often, the outcome is a shortened life. Often, the outcome is death. The life that was cut short is cut short due to an affiliation with sin. You see, we remember his profession. We remember that he said he got saved. But in the spirit world, the life that was living, the wicked life, and affiliated still with the man of sin, this life is often cut short. I heard one man testify one time about a relative of his that died early. And he said he was praying about him and he said the Lord spoke to him and said his life was cut short because if I had not cut his life short he would have been lost. This was the moment where he was prepared his lifestyle was such that he would have gone back into what he was doing. So his life was cut short. My friend, this is serious business we're dealing with. This is the connection to sin that we do not desire to perceive or understand. Satan will seize upon the moment to maintain anyone that he possibly can in the slavery of sin. If sin places you in a position of compromise to the extent that Satan can retrieve you into eternal bondage, he will do so. Sickness and disease is also an issue for us, not because it was not dealt with in the process of the works of Jesus, but because we don't choose to deal with sin correctly. If we would judge ourselves we would not have to be chastised by the Lord. We would not be sick, beggarly, and weak and sleep before our time.
If we follow His works, we would judge ourselves and we remain free from the required chastisement for not following in the footsteps that lead to sanctification. Satan desires to sift every believer like wheat, my friend. That was not just for Peter. He desires to deceive and dethrone Jesus Christ from the position of master in your heart. The likelihood of receiving this deception is magnified when one maintains his connection to the flesh. So could I be saved without following Jesus to the tomb, the resurrection, and into the priesthood? Well, yeah. In fact, you can. But that's not the question you need to ask. The question that needs to be asked is, can I stay saved if I do not follow him beyond the cross? And I would answer that question this way. If you believe that he has done it all for you and you need to do nothing in response to him, then your belief system says you can be saved, but the truth says that it is not so. You must deny yourself, pick up your cross, my friend, and follow him. If you believe that you do not have to control the flesh because you are internally alive, then your belief system says that you can be saved. But the truth is, in the first nine works associated with you being saved is the work of temperance. It is the work of self-control. You must learn to discipline yourself. And if you don't, your flesh will rebel in response to your mistreatment. If you believe that you can experience forgiveness without being made alive, then your belief system says you can be saved. Truth is, well, that's just not true. You must come into the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. From here, carnality or flesh, which has been buried and de is dead, is turned into life and peace. If you believe that living a holy life is not necessary, then your belief system sees God as willing to accept less from his subjects than he did from Jesus. The truth is, God expects man to be sanctified by following Jesus through all of his works. If you believe that you can pick and choose what portions or parts of God and Scripture you desire to believe, then your belief system says that you can be saved. If you believe that you can pick out, well, he didn't say this and he didn't say that, so therefore if he didn't say it directly, then what I'm doing is okay. Well, then you can be saved if that's what you want to believe. But my friend, the truth is that this book is a legal document and it serves as the constitution of his kingdom. If you believe that being included into the term evangelical saves you, then your belief system has concluded that you are included because of your tradition, your family, or your ethnicity. The truth is, only the acceptance of the sacrifice of Jesus and the following of him and his works includes you in the plan of salvation. This is a serious situation, friends because it is one that forces a man to judge himself. Now in Romans chapter 1, something is said there on two occasions about people who were living outside the realm of the Spirit of grace. Said God turned them over, gave them. God gave them is the first thing. 
The second thing, he turned them over to a reprobate, a disapproved, and a rebellious mind. Serious, my friend, because it forces you to judge yourself. It's not about looking for loopholes. It's not about looking for ways out. It's about making sure that you found the way in. So what can you be conformable with knowing that the consequences and the repercussions that can come from your choices? What are you willing to conform to? Are you willing to make up a doctrine that includes you and says I'm alright because this is what I believe? Well, here's another issue that we never consider. This is the inability of ourselves to judge for ourselves what is acceptable based on the legal document and the constitution of the kingdom of God. Because we don't make these judgments based upon who God is or why grace, the spirit of grace, Jesus Christ was expressed. We seem to desire to make them based upon what we want. We live according to our own desires. We allow our desires to continue while we're supposed to be in pursuit of him. This is a method of deception that is used by the enemy. It's also a means of circumventing the true plan of grace. So God has produced the works of Jesus Christ for us to do and to follow. We are to follow after him in each step. The outcome is grace that leads to sanctification. Upon being sanctified, we are pronounced as brethren. My Lord, what a great and mighty move God has placed at our fingertips. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Bless us, Father. May we be enlightened by your word. May we take your word as the legal document and constitution of the kingdom of God. May we not be lawyers who look for loopholes, but may we digest the revelation of truth Walk in the spirit that is Christ Jesus and him being the spirit of grace. Bring ourselves into the image through light of your dear son. We will give you praise and honor and glory for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is our high priest, our Lord, our man in the Godhead. May God richly bless you as the word of God enlightens your path. Until we speak again.